Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for allowing us to come before you, O God, worshiping you, acknowledging you over our lives, knowing that from you all blessings flow. As the light of the world, you shine in our lives, in our families, upon this earth, Lord, to prevail over darkness. We pray today that your word would be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, that it would be the good seed planted in our hearts, that you might reveal to us, O oh God, that depth and the reality of the risen Christ and his proclamation upon the earth on the day and the season in which we celebrate. We pray, O oh God, that your word would not, Father God, fall short of accomplishing its purpose, but that it would not return void, Lord, that it would fulfill that for which you send it out and allow us to come in to the incredible vast expanse of your extravagant love towards us let your word resound and fill the vacuums of our life, Lord, that so we acknowledge Christ as King and Lord and Savior of all men. And we give you thanks for the work that you're doing in our lives. And then we thank you for this generation. And we pray, O oh God, that you fill us with your spirit, that we might do the work that is purposed for us to accomplish before we return before your mighty throne. We give you thanks that this is a good seed planted in good hearts. It will bring forth the harvest that glorifies your name. So bless our time together and allow us to come to the place to celebrate and welcome and declare and proclaim the awesome celebration of Christ's birth and life in this world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. For many, Christmas would be just a, a, another pagan holiday, uh, another celebration of a temporal earthly uh, existence. Uh, they fail to understand that, that God coming into this world was addressing everything that was dark, everything that was twisted. And in this such proclamation up in the heavens in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8 when it is described what is taking place in all of God's creation I heard the voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send and whom will go for us then I said here I am send me and this is a glimpse of eternity and God is going to try and address what's taking place in his creation uh, for many um, all this is occurring even before we have an understanding of what is taking place. But the entire cosmos is being shaken up by um, darkness, by a kingdom of darkness, um, by an assault and, and a, a split, a division in creation that, that has had uh, 
larger ramifications, larger consequences that could ever be fathomed. And a lot of people, they're just worried about their little life. They're enclosed with if they are having issues in their home, they're devastated. Even to the fact if they're having a good time in their home, they're divorced from everybody else around them. They cannot sympathize. They have no compassion. But in eternity, everything is set right and there needs to be a messenger to come and to deliver. And Jesus says, send me. Let me go into this and, and deal with this situation. So there in Isaiah chapter 7, the next chapter, we see a glimpse of what's happening on the earth. And it's so devastating what's happening on the earth that God tells the earthly king... Uh, verse 11, ask for a sign. That's what, that's what a lot of people uh, have said in their lifetime. I know I have. Lord, give me proof that, that this is not going down the toilet, that this is not going to end up worse. Give me evidence that there's a hope in my situation. Give me a sign. And so there, uh, ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. And the next part of this verse is very important. It says, ask it either in depth or in height above. What is the measure of the evidence that you need to know that this thing is going to be resolved? Uh, I was listening to a couple testimonies this week where people were saying, Lord, give me a sign. If you have a $100 bill, go across the street. Or in front of me as I'm crossing, I'm going to know that, that I'm going to be okay. That, that's a real simple way to address life. I had a friend of mine that came back from Vietnam, and he was an atheist. He didn't believe in God, but he was returning from Vietnam, and he was in New York without family, without friends, without a place to stay, without food. He had, it was very cold, and he looked up to the heaven, and he had this conversation, God, if you show me now more than ever, that you're with me, give me a sign. And as it was crossing the street, he saw $300 bills blowing in the wind. And so he looks down and he looks around. He's trying to find somebody they belong to. It's too good to be true. It's, I mean, that happened right there as he was crossing the road. He picks up the money. He looks around. There's nobody claiming it. Nobody's looking for money. And he looks up to the heavens and he shoots a birdie, which is a vulgar sign with his fingers. And he tells God, F, profanity, F you, this was going to happen to me anyways. And you're just messing with my head. So we have the vast expanse of people that ask for a sign. And then you place what evidence of the proof you want to show you that God is with you, that God is 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 actually present that he's going to address our situation I was at a house I must have been saved about a year maybe two and I was at a house where these people had no food they had no uh, the lights kept on getting cut off they had no financial provision in their house and they were a Christian family and I was upset about the situation I said how could there be a Christian family with needs that are not being covered is God not looking is God not seeing and so I told God being a new believer and testing God 
I said, they have a dog that's a pit bull. And if the pit bull who spent the whole night, you imagine every time he heard something, he would bark. So I, I said, you know, they, they call it putting it a fleece out there. God, I will know that you're with this family if that dog tonight, the night we meet, he barks only once. And I know it's impossible because that dog spent the whole night barking. This was a sign. And so I, I went to the Bible study that night and I sat down and we had the whole service. And I just kept on looking at the dog. I'm saying, he has to bark. He has to bark. He's going to bark more than once. And I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And the guy did not bark. He just kept on looking at me. And at the end of the service, we stood up and we held hands and made a circle. And, and we prayed for all the needs. And that night was a beautiful time. And the pastor, the, the man of the house says, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And the dog goes, Ruff! And I go, now he's going to start a lot of times. One time. He didn't, I was waiting. Come on. One time. One sign. I said, God, supernatural, miracle, but I know you're with this family. I know you're here. And so here God is telling the men upon the earth, the times of Isaiah, ask for a sign for yourself from the Lord. Doesn't matter how deep. It doesn't matter how high. The time, the spiritual climate of Israel is super dark. At the time, the political realm in Israel was super dark. At the time, the physical needs of the people were being super. Um, if you go to Isaiah chapter 3, for example, in verse 1, he says, God withholding all supply of bread, all supply of water. He takes away from Jerusalem all the stock in the store, the whole supply of bread, the whole supply of water. In the physical realm, they're going through darkness. In the spiritual realm, they're going through darkness. In the political realm, they're going through darkness. Not just any darkness, but deep, twisted chaos and confusion. And that's where chapter 6, verse 8, he says, ask, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 7, verse uh, 11, ask for a sign. Chapter 7, 11, ask for a sign. Ask for it either deeply or in height. Again, the different aspects of the signs we are asking the Lord from might be some money crossing the road in the wind. It might be for a dog to bark when they're, you're in a home. And, and we all have the vast expanse of signs we've asked. And this man says in verse 12, I'm not going to test the Lord. I will not ask uh, for a sign. I'm not going to challenge God. There, there's, there's a certain blessing. I, I, I need to make mention of this. The certain mention of those who trust the Lord regardless. They're not asking for a sign. They won't even dare to question. Um, I tried to do that early on in my law school when I was in, uh, right out of law school my first year. I was trying to find out what I was going to do. And I said, okay, I need to find out that God is with me. I'd already been a Christian for a long time. But then I said, I, I need to know. And I began to read the scriptures from Genesis. And by the time, I, I didn't even get to the Psalms. And I had learned that to question God is the greatest lack of respect and honor there is. 
You're saying that a faithful God is going to leave you out in the cold. You're going to say there is no answer. This is not reality. I, nothing's going to ever happen good to me. But this man had a sense on him, I will not ask for a sign. I'm not going to test the Lord. I'm not going to dishonor. I, I stopped challenging him. I repented. I said, Lord, sorry that I doubted that you're able to, and that you exist, and that you have it all, all played out. You, you have it even though I don't see it, even though I don't understand it, even though I don't feel it, even though there's signs to the contrary. I know that the hand of the Lord is great. I know that the hand of the Lord delivers. I know he saves. He heals. Our God is mighty. And this is the proclamation that we're supposed to be celebrating that we're lost in the season. So there it is. Verse 14. Isaiah 7, 14. He tells us what's the sign that he will give. And he says, this, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That's the sign. That's the evidence that darkness turns to light. That chaos turns to peace. That, that confusion uh, turns to hope. That declaration there that he will give us a sign. And this sign will be along the lines of a, of a virgin who will bear a son. Again, um, this, this, this does a short circuit. It blows our fuse because there is an incongruency. How could a virgin birth a child? In that realm of the supernatural and the miraculous, that's a holy place. You're not supposed to bring in your confusion, your doubt, your darkness into that place. And so it continues on to say that this child, verse 15, he will eat milk, curds, and honey. He shall eat to be able to distinguish that he might know how to refuse the evil and choose the good. Um, the present day, the present day we live in of darkness, and I was just hearing this uh, yesterday. The scientists of modern times, the, the guys who have great discovery in the realm of the unknown, scientists, have said, we will tell you the facts but we won't tell you if something's right or wrong. We'll tell you that when a, a mother pulls a baby out of her womb in an abortion and she, she conducts this event, we can tell you that that pretty much is, is, just, is a termination of that existence. But we cannot tell you if it's right or if it's wrong. Um, some of the men... Uh, decided that in order for them to uh, receive a, a semblance of health, they begin to uh, eat on the placenta of a child. And they said, well, can we say whether that's right or wrong? No, we can't. We're just telling you that they're doing so. They're, they're eating the placenta. And, and so, but us scientists can tell you what they're doing, but we cannot slice the pie right or wrong. When you have that realm of not being able to refuse that which is evil and choose that which is good, that is darkness. 
And that is the generation we're living in more than ever. And Christ came to bring clarity in that realm. A lot of us have already experienced Christ in the spiritual realm in this regard. Somebody told us we're going to hell, that if we receive Jesus Christ, we would go to heaven. And that, that is occasion for great celebration in the spiritual realm. But Christ came to the earth to bring light in an earthly realm. To be able to distinguish not only spiritual matters, but physical matters and soulish matters. What happens? A lot of Christians come to church and they know they're going to heaven. But one of the greatest statistics upon the earth is that Christians suffer more depressions than non-Christians. In their soul, there's still darkness reigning while their spirit has already been settled. They know they're going to heaven. They know Jesus died on the cross, but they have not allowed Christ to be born in their soul, in the depth of their thoughts. He's not sitting as king and Lord and in the realm of the physical either. I would tell uh, in a lot of these conferences we go around the world, I tell the women, I said, you close your eyes. And you're having a spiritual devotion with Christ in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Peace in that realm of connection with God. And you're in the third heaven. But when you open your eyes at home, you're at the depth of hell. Christ is not reigning in your homes. There is no heavenly order in your marital relationship. So Christ needs to be birthed in that realm also. He needs to be declared God and King. And we're going to see that, that, that you come to a place where, where this Christ who knows the difference between evil and good, so he can choose good, he knows the difference. Verse 16, for before, uh, before the child shall know, he says, before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose good, he's trained up to distinguish. The land that you dread will be forsaken by both of her kings. This is a time of, of no authority in Jerusalem. And everything was upside down. And what's more, it was the Roman Empire. Verse 17, the Lord will bring the king of Assyria. Right? Isaiah 7, 17. The Lord will bring the king of Assyria upon you and your people and your father's house. The days that have not come since the day of Ephraim departed from Judah. There's going to be political unrest. There's going to be craziness. Uh, last night, I'm sitting in my bed, and they say a flashing update. Two police officers, New York, executed in their cop cars. In, in uh, New York, there's millions upon millions of people. And there's only 35,000 police officers. They could not bring order to those millions of people if they choose to rebel if they choose to come out against the order great darkness great chaos in our time and so in the midst of this Christ is the promise of salvation chapter 9 verse 2 we talked about this this week Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 says great darkness these people who walk in darkness have seen a great light what is the great light of those who dwelt in the shadow of death? This light has shined upon them. Verse 9. The answer is Christ. Verse 6. 
For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. There is an order that, that he carries upon his shoulders. His name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This proclamation, this declaration of Christ has to far surpass the physical realm because we do a good job. Everybody runs out and puts lights upon their uh, houses, they, their landscaping, and the, the houses, the Christmas trees. People get sad if they don't have them. But Christ comes to, to show His peace. Verse 7, the increase, the increase of His government and peace. The, to knock out the parentheses of the Christmas season because it's to be during the whole year in three realms. Body, physical body, soul, and spirit. Christ's birth as king, being introduced to take the throne. In those times, we heard that Herod was a little bit unsettled and he, he, he killed, he devastated, decimated all those that would attempt to take his throne. I know a couple of Herods. I know a couple of Herods. Christ, you will not be keen in my home. You will not be Lord in my family. You will not be keen over those that I uh, am reigning in a in tyranny, in a in a different climate. So see if uh, you can do this exercise in this regard. That there is a whole realm of your life. That involves the spiritual. I know people that have peace uh, with regards to their physical home and uh, their soul. They're, they're at peace with themselves. They have spiritual chaos. They are usurping spiritual truths everywhere. They don't know what's right in the spiritual realm. They don't know what's wrong. They don't know what's offensive. They don't know what's acceptable. They don't know what's honorable. They don't know what's dishonorable. They're just all over the place. And so they, they don't have the order of the kingdom. Christ needs to be Lord in that realm, in the spiritual realm, in the realm of the soul. Like we said, some people have a great relationship with um, going to church and memorizing the Bible, and they know all the Sunday school hymns, and they, they have church anity in full realm. And then they, they told me uh, on Thursday night, they said, Pastor, we, we knew a young guy, he's 15 years old, he's going to church, he's living the life, he comes home, and he hangs himself. He's not able to address his soul like David does in Psalm 40 when he says, uh, do not be downcast, my soul. Don't be depressed, that realm um, of the inside of man. Put your hope in God. Raise up that inner man to bow before Jesus Christ. To make Jesus Christ Lord of your thoughts. Lord of, of your feelings. Bring him in. Let him be birthed there in the soul realm. Uh, this whole music um, that took uh, the United States by storm called the blues. That's who's singing the blues. How many know somebody who, who knows how to sing the blues real good? Oh, life is horrible. They want to sing before they shout praises to King Jesus. And then uh, I've been fighting for a long time. I'm, I'm saying if you're on fire in your spirit, if you, if you got the torch lit, if Jesus Christ is king of your spirit, if he's Lord of your soul, 
If he's there radiating bright, he needs to have an outward expression of glory in the physical way you groom. When you say amen, you wake up, your hair is like, woo, your, your clothes is all torn. You don't, you don't have any lordship to the honor of Christ. And I always say, act like you're going to go see the president of the United States. Act like you're going to stand before a dignitary. Put on your Sunday's best. Come in such a physical manifestations. If you weren't asked to speak, they can tell who you belong to. And that's what they said about Queen Sheba, that when she came to the kingdom of David and saw his servants, how they were dressed spoke of the wisdom of God upon their lives. And then the, the opposite is true. If you are serving a chaotic, confused demon who doesn't know if he's coming or going, you put your cap backwards, you put your, your clothes as a mess, you dress like a leper, you dress like a, someone who has not been groomed, somebody who's not ready to be a husband or a father, a father being an example to the youth. So your physical is out of the realm. So I've, I know people have told me, well, you don't know, you can't see my heart. I go, yeah, because God put it inside of you. He put it inside of you so we can see the reflection of your heart and the reflection of your honor, how you conduct yourself outwardly. No amens. That's fine. I'm going to keep on preaching. I will keep on preaching. Because I refuse that the sons of darkness and the sons of light manifest each other in the same manner. I refuse. If you grow up in the inner city without a father, and you've never had somebody to pull your pants up and put a belt on you and, and stick your shirt inside the pants like our forefathers did before us, that's because you didn't have a father. But if you're in the kingdom and God is preparing you for his daughter, yes. you're going to be the bride and the groom, not the bride and the goon. <laughs> not someone who cannot discern between Christ being keen in the physical and Christ being glorious keen in the spiritual and the manifestation in the soul is great joy and peace. Great joy and peace. This was what the prophet, the angels told uh, Mary on that time. We're going to read Luke chapter 2 verse 14. Glory to God in the highest. In that time where the angels are sitting in the presence of God. And you know, I, I don't know about you, but if you're a Christian, you have to be fascinated with contemplating what that place is going to look like. And there's not a moment that goes by that I'm not my, catching my breath and, and saying, what's it going to be like when we're there? What, you know, th this is a constant just offshoot. And so I'm not equating my earthly realm being divorced and distanced because I, there was one time that I said, God is so far away, he doesn't even care about. Now we're getting closer to the day of redemption. We're getting closer to the day where we're going to stand in his presence. And so knowing the, the expressions of great, you know, just being blown away. When these, when these young men, they, they do this, this stage up here, this platform, it's like, wow, look at the creativity. 
Look at, look at the, the precision of, of everything they've done for their presentation. Now, now, just take that to the highest level. Take it to the highest realm. And so there is the announcement. Glory to God in the highest. Remember what he says? I'll give you a sign, however high, however low. As deep as you want it, as high as you want it. Where, how do you want this sign? And, and if we are able to have Christ be birthed in those realms, we're going to have clarity and light and vision and passion and we're going to be sold out. It's not, this is when I, when I told the Lord when I became a Christian. I don't want to go to church and desire the world. I don't want to be in the assembly of God and say, Oh, if I could only be like Jennifer Lopez. If I could only just like be like Shakira. And then the glory of the world is calling me. And, and life in Christ is so boring. No. Christ, give me such a revelation. Give me such a sign. Show up so clearly. On my realm. And give me a vision so I can see the highest. And then it goes down to where we think God is not. Upon the earth where everything is crazy and chaotic and twisted and confused. And let me tell you how some people live upon the earth right now as we speak. They're waiting for the next tragedy to occur in their life. I have friends who have lost their parents at the age of 10. And they're like, if you start off losing your mom when you're 10, what can you expect when you're 12? And when you're 16, when, if, if somebody were to rape you, if somebody were to do things. And, what, and so in the heart of many men, I would say the majority of humans, in their heart, they have an expectation of a, a soon darkness. That's, that's the opposite from hope and, and despair. Hope is waiting for a good thing, and despair is knowing that something worse is going to happen. And some people are living in that realm their entire life, and their only hope is Jesus Christ. Their only finding of some clarity. So he says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and favor toward men. In verse 10 of this cha uh, chapter 2, verse 10. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. We talked about that last week. You should get a copy of that. It's, it's definitely one of our classics. You'll be delivered from everything that is not great joy, which people will be to all people. This sentiment of an overriding joy in your life, regardless of situation and circumstance. Verse 11, for today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior. And, and we need to, again, invite Jesus to the saving grace of forgiving our sins and our state as fallen men in a spiritual realm. He's our Savior here. But we need to introduce him to the realm of our pathetic attitudes. Gloomy, dark, not being able to celebrate, not able to have joy. To be able to distinguish um, those of you that were born into a Christian family. It's very difficult for you to imagine the dark desperation of a broken home. I know for my children, they even laugh. Brandon says, oh, my life has been so horrible. My dad has loved my mom my whole life. And so they, they, can't, they don't get to the place where it's even humanly possible that there would be strife in the home. 
that there would be no peace. But I, I come from that deep darkness. And so those that are born in the light, uh, very difficult for you to understand what Christ is able to do in a home. For there, a Savior who is Christ the Lord is born. And then verse 11, no, um, verse 12, this will be the sign. This is New Testament 500 years later. The Lord says this will be your sign and says this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. There is the fulfillment, the substance of our celebration. The fact that Christ is born as the Bible predestined and prophesied 500 years before is the promise of, listen, of the fulfillment of God's expression. It's, it's just a start. Um, if you ever are blessed with getting, it's a, on a day of your celebration and you get an envelope and inside the envelope are car keys, you never had a car, the keys is the promise of the car. The fact that Jesus' birth is the beginning of the devil being destroyed and darkness being taken away. The fact that he is birthed is the promise of God. To do what? To do what? To do what the essence of his name inquires. It's Luke, I'm sorry, Matthew 1, 21. And she will bring forth a son, this boy that is born, and he shall, and you shall call his name Jesus. The word Jesus, the Hebrew, comes from Joshua, Savior, for he will save his people from their sins. He will come and lead this cause. Verse 22. So all this was done. What, why was all this taking place that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying what did he say this is the sign uh, behold the virgin shall be with a child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which translated is God is with us God is with us not only historically because for some he says well that happened such a long time I've had friends of my they tell me, Joaquin, something that happened 2,000 years ago, how does that have any bearing in my life today? Well, Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, historically, today, presently, and in my future. There is a child born to come with all the extravagance of his kingdom and establish his peace. And so in that regards, Matthew 1.22 says, So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord. Behold, a child is born. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, again, uh, the various realms of Christ's birth to effect. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely so that your whole spirit, your whole soul, your whole body 
be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to the earth in a realm that was so twisted. You had the political realm of the Roman Empire. He had to address the occupation of physical tyranny of over his people. While he did that, he addressed the spiritual leaders. They, they were blind. They were deaf. They, they wouldn't allow people to come to Jesus. He was in their midst and saying, come on, if you're the one, tell us. And he was the one, and he was telling them. And then he went about not only dealing with the Roman uh, uh, that occupied Israel, not only the spiritual realm of the, of the unbelieving uh, religious leaders of his time, but he was there for the people. He was praying and, and healing the blind eyes. And he was healing the deaf and the lame. And he was the answer to those in a realm that would come to him. And so he was addressing the physical, the spiritual, the soul. Romans 15, verse 12. Uh, Paul quotes Isaiah. And again, Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse. He who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him the godless shall find hope. The Gentiles shall find hope. And so because this is... uh, This is the proclamation, and I want to be straight and short to this matter. Because Jesus is a Savior, Jesus is God with us, Jesus comes to address the three realms of our reality, spiritual, our soul, and our bodies. He comes to reign, to give hope to the Gentiles. Um, Verse 13, may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace, in believing that you might abound in this power of the Holy Spirit, that you might bring Christ into every realm. If this stays solely as a proclamation, we, we give ourselves a great disservice. There's a lot of people that are, that are speaking these things but not living them. They're, Paul says, the most to be pitied amongst all men because they're speaking about something they're not living. And so today... Um, have Christ not only born in Jerusalem as the, as the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Lords, as the Comforter, as the Prince of Peace, but let Him come and be birthed in, in your heart. Let Him take residence as Lord and Savior in your life. And then I challenge you that the greatest of all is to let Him have the manifestation of your physical presence Allow him to be Lord over your garments. Allow people to see garments of praise and not the tattered and torn evidence of a people who have not let the light of the gospel shine on their raiment. Let's stand today, uh, this morning. And I want to give an invitation because I know that many of you have already asked Christ to be Lord and Savior and there's no doubt that you've been redeemed and forgiven in your spirit and you're you're destined to heaven but I I want you to allow the king of glory to arise in your hearts and to make him the Lord and king to be born over your affect affect which means your emotions your feeling your sentiment that you not allow uh, the realm we're so quick last week uh, one of our sisters went to the doctor 
and they gave her evidence of the things that she should concern herself with. And I say, you know something? These prophets of doom are quick to preach their gospel and declare their destruction. That's their meditation day and night. And then in the vacuum of us, not having the king of glory, not having the prince of peace, not having Emmanuel, we begin to come under the lordship of destruction and doom. We said on Wednesday, God wants to turn our gloom to glory. He wants us to be transformed to the kingdom of his son. And you could do that uh, on a continual basis as you begin to uh, unearth and reveal Christ and begin to describe who he is in your life and what he's come to do. And uh, you could sing uh, Emmanuel, God is with us. And you begin to saturate yourself to be able to draw that line. He came to draw the line between good and bad. To refuse darkness. There can't be. The darkness cannot dwell where light shines. It's not going to happen. So where Christ is king. You don't let Herod come in. You don't let a, a tyranny come in. To overpower your will. Your emotions. Your sentiment. For today unto you. A child is born. Today, Christ the King wants to take his throne in your life in the three realms. As we sing this song, I'm going to pray for you. If you want to come forward to the altar, just like the shepherds came to the manger, just like the kings came, and they came to worship. They came to say these words, you, I acknowledge you as king. That's why Herod was upset, because they had found another throne, another source of supply. So you could come. We have time. Uh, we're going to sing this song one time, and then we're going to pray. You come and say, God, Christ Jesus, Christmas to me is not just a season. It's not just a temporal celebration. I'm going to pronounce and declare and celebrate that Christ, the Savior, was born, and he has come to save his people on every possible realm. Signs in the highest and sign in the lowest depth. Again... The proclamation or you proclaim and the declaration you declare that Christ has come as a sign against everything in your life that's out of order. We talked about many realms in the spirit, the realms of your soul, your sentiment, your will, your emotions. That's where you make a lot of your decisions. A lot of people are very spiritual and make stupid decisions. Let Jesus be Christ and give life and light and let that be your Christmas, that celebration. Um, I heard years ago that Jesus knocks on the door and if you open, he'll come in. But if you keep him in the living room and don't celebrate him in the refrigerator, you're going to be unhealthy. You're not going to be able to live in a manner which is well. And there's a lot of Christians all over the United States that celebrate Christmas, but not in the refrigerator. Satan is still with his realm of darkness in that place. And they're out of order. And then he has come to declare light in our finances and sit on the throne, defeating the tyranny of mammon, where we have fear, where we are walking in foolishness with regards to our finances. Celebrate Christmas there. 
Get rid of your credit cards. Quit, quit doing stuff that is not sound, that brings peace and joy. Ask God, even as you're here in his presence, say, God, I want to celebrate Christmas not only in my front lawn or Santa and the reindeer. I want Christ to sit as king yes. over my life, yes. my family, my marriage, my, my children, yes. with all wisdom, truth, hope, goodwill from the highest realm or you might have to unseat yourself as, as Herod. You don't want anybody like Jesus taking that throne. And then in the lowest realm, he sits also as the Prince of Peace, filling you with good hope and joy. Father, thank you this morning. Forgive us and we repent for celebrating a Christmas that looks more like paganism and looks more like those who are unbelievers than those who have actually had Christ born in their hearts. We welcome you, O oh God, into our lives. In every realm, spiritual, soul, whether it be physical, historical, political, financial, health, nutrition, our health with regards to conditions that maybe we have not allowed you to come and be sovereign and heal our physical bodies. So today we declare you Christ born, King from the highest glory to here on earth, Lord. And you even sit over every principality and power under the earth, oh God. You reign sovereignly and you declared yourself victorious when you raised from the dead. When you overcame death. And in that realm also, death was introduced to Jesus the Savior, born in Bethlehem. Hallelujah. We praise you. We glorify. We magnify. We adore you. We declare highest praise. Hallelujah. To the King of glory. Hallelujah. Take your place. Rule and reign as a sign to all peoples in every place. We worship you in this house. We worship you in, in our families. You sit as supreme over our feelings. You're glorious. All glory, honor, and power belong to you, O oh God. Fill our lives with the full expression of your salvation. In every realm of our lives, oh God, we declare and proclaim you as Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. We praise you, give you thanks for the families in this church. Yes, Jesus. And give you thanks, oh Lord, for being birthed in our hearts, being birthed in our families, our lives. We worship you. Holy Spirit, lead us to all truth. Lead us to present ourselves as sacrifices that are pleasing to God. In Jesus' name we pray, and the people of God say amen, amen, amen. <laughs> Greet one another in the love of the Lord. Merry Christmas. Remember this week there's no service on Wednesday, so have a great time with your families. Noche buena.